You hear your marketing guru asking to define your target customer, but for you, everyone is a target. Why do marketing people want to define one type of person to market to? In today's episode, we'll discuss developing a target client persona and how doing so will help maximize sales. Today's episode is brought to you by F1 for Help, your on-site service and support specialist. If your computer is doing something it shouldn't, give Joe a call at 208-687-0183. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Happy Tuesday, Phil. Quick question right out of the gate before uh, wow. don't say okay. anything else. Oh, what, yeah. I'm not gonna say what was the best meal you ate in the last week? Wow. Throw me a curveball right off the bat. This is not cool. Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with, we had this sesame sriracha beef stir fry that was out of this world. Um, would you like to know what wine we paired with that? Of course. Absolutely. We, so we, we tried to, we had uh, one of the, it's from, it's a winery called hand of God. Uh, it was a Syrah, 2012 Syrah was that really good. And then we had a Charles Krug Merlot. We didn't finish both bottles, but we did try both those wines uh, with the with the uh, stir fry. It was fantastic. Wow, that sounds great. You know, I I brought that up. I mean, because <laughs> our, our show name has the word buffet, and I guess it I'm, does. I guess I'm hungry. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you you all uh-huh. might you all might notice that Phil's voice sounds a little different. And well, the reason for that is we are observing social distancing in in uh, spirit of the coronavirus celebration so ed's been looking for this excuse to social distance himself distance himself from me for a long time i'm afraid that the <laughs> follicle challenge is contagious so um <laughs> nice so, i like that so actually phil it's and not I are, contagious. we're in different locations i'm in the studio and phil <laughs> is at home and he's called in on the phone, I can see him via WebEx. So, you know, it's almost like you're here. Yeah, yeah. Almost. You think, get the aroma, Phil, I guess. Although the way his camera is positioned, the, the, the window's behind him. So he's really this just big, bald silhouette. So, you know, I, I can see the blob. Wow. But, but we are devoted to our listeners, and we didn't want to put off any recordings while the coronavirus, in all seriousness, this is, this is a big deal. Um, it's a very deadly virus. It's somewhere between 10 and 30 times more deadly than the common flu. So the fact that literally the world is shutting down and everybody's hibernating at home uh, is a good thing. My wife and I actually self-quarantined about a week and a half ago. I stocked up on food three weeks ago. Uh, it's a good thing. 
you know, I, I, I would like to be left at the end of this being with my heart condition. I don't want to be put in a situation where everybody's coming to my funeral instead of, you know, I'd like it to be the other way around. So Phil, I just want to let you, you enjoy, know that you, I'm, I'm, yeah, happy you enjoy going to you. Funeral. I'm happy to utilize you in case something happens. So there you go. Yeah. I was at, I was at a store yesterday and there was an entire aisle with no, Toilet paper or paper towels. Isn't that I took crazy? a picture of it. Isn't that crazy? It is it's just really unbelievable. And the store was packed with people. And of course, I, I forgot one of the things I went there for, lemon juice. So I'll have to go back today. <laughs> well, we didn't stock up on toilet paper, but I did buy extra when I went to Costco a week ago. But uh, I, I think I just think it's kind of silly. People are hoarding up on the stuff. Uh, you know, when there's other ways to do that thing. But let's not digress. That's going to get us comments, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll come back and bite us. You no, know, that's all right. You know, I started, Controversy isn't bad. I started with the question about food right out of the gate because it's really a play on our name, Business Buffet. We are the smorgasbord of business solutions. Um, that, that really is an essence of who we are and what we do. Phil and I have, right. have spent a great deal of time making sure that we cater to the lighter side of the valuable business information that we're sharing. This has applicability. I promise, Phil, that this is going to make sense once we get, get to the conclusion. But um, It always does. You know, we work with business people all the time. Phil and I both run successful businesses. We, we are marketing experts. We, we've been in this collectively over 70 years. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this 35 years. I think, Phil, you've been doing it 35, 37 years. We, mm-hmm. yep. We've been at this a long time. And when we talk to a customer about developing a target audience, uh, at least I do. Phil, let me know what you – I get immediate pushback. Yeah. You know, when I ask who's your target customer, they, they well, everybody – what do you hear? I, it, yeah, first of all, um, people with money, um, everyone's my, you know, a, a company that sells something that everybody uses, then in their mind, everybody is their ideal customer. And the problem with that is if you make everybody your ideal customer, then you've made nobody your ideal customer, right? Exactly. Um, and yeah, so they, I, it's usually the first thing that comes out of their mouth is the whole idea of, well, I want to just sell to everybody. Why do you, you know, so yeah. Why are we limiting? Yeah. And that's why are we limiting? Yeah. And I think that's the problem when they hear a marketing expert ask, who is your target audience? And, and then they get pushback on the word everyone. They're thinking that what we're doing is excluding people from the business that, you know, we don't want to do business with those people that are not in the right. target audience. And, and that just couldn't right. be further from the truth. So let, let, let's take a little side trip here. Phil, do you have a target audience right. identified for Anderson Social Media Solutions? Well, at the risk of, of uh, exposing the fact that I don't always practice what I preach, I do have uh, a target audience, an ideal customer. I call them ideal, ideal clients. Um. The small business owner, um, usually a brick and mortar business. Uh, these businesses have enough money to be able to pay me somewhere between 400 to a grand a month, depending on what I do for them, uh, for their social media management. 
these businesses don't have the manpower, and I and I and I I'm not sure if I should say this, but they don't have the manpower or the mind power to significantly have an adequate social media presence. So they need help. I'm there to help them. There are small business owners that do a really good job of social media for themselves. That's their DNA. They're programmed to learn and pivot and, you know, uh, learn the new nuances and the new trends of social media. And that, because they've got a marketing mindset, so they know there, but that's, I think the exception, most small businesses are just trying to survive month to month and, uh, keep in business. And so they're wearing so many hats. They don't have a lot of people. That's the manpower. And they don't really have the mind power to do it. So that's where I come in. That's who my target ideal, uh, client is. You actually answered more. You said who they are and then why you picked those particular characteristics. And, and that's, yeah. just, that's just as important as who they are. Um, understanding why you're identifying them, uh, is, is just as important, but, how do you use this data in your own marketing efforts? Uh, so most of my marketing is actually word of mouth, uh, which is nice, but occasionally I do use Facebook ads because Facebook ads allow you to hyper target to your ideal client. So once I, you know, once I identified who that was, you know, people that are um, trying to figure out social media and can't really for themselves and just need help. Those are the people I go after um, through Facebook ads and and such. But honestly, I do a lot of organic marketing, uh, grassroots stuff. Because I do social media pretty well, I can kind of get in and around and attract some of my ideal clients um, very organically. But word of mouth has been huge for me. And a lot of that comes with just uh, having a good track record, you know. Well, you know, talking about word of mouth marketing, I, I, I was working with this um, developer, a home builder in, of all places, Boring, Oregon. <laughs> and, and he and his wife, they're great people. Um, in fact, I've shared stories about them on this podcast before. They're the people who, uh, when I told them I say no to most people that I meet with. I don't, I don't, think uh, they're, they're the ones who, who confided in me that, you, you know, when you told us that the whole rest of the meeting, we, were, we spent trying to figure out how to get you to say yes to us. They were uh, telling you on saying yes to them. Right, right. <laughs> so but funny. they had a really hard time getting past everyone. They, you know, they do kitchen and bath and, and home remodels as well as new construction. And every time that I tried to focus them on their target customer, they would always default back to, well, you know, if they've got a home, if they want to buy a home, if they're a first-time buyer, if uh, you know they feel their kitchen is outdated. And, and they really felt like they were giving me the data that I would need as a marketer to promote their business. And in fact, they weren't. They weren't giving me adequate data to make a resonating content con- connection with the target well, let me customers. Just... Okay, so let me just uh, clarify. They basically begged you to work for them. And then when you said, fine, we'll do it, they didn't want to give you the information for you to do your job, what they wanted you to do. Yeah, 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 basically. Uh, oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, these things happen. You know, and, and in all honesty, the relationship didn't last as long because I could not uh, get them past that point. Right. I, I built them a new website. I worked with them to get a an email campaign going. We developed some brochures. We did some promotional products. It wasn't like we didn't do anything, but I was feeling like, you know, I'm in a situation where the client is not giving me enough data to be successful I'm not doing my job. They, therefore, should go work with somebody who can do a better job to draw from them the information that they need. Now, we're still in contact. Uh, In fact, they're using a web company that's just north of us here in north Idaho, of all places. Um, Wow. You know, and they call me every now and again to ask uh, for some data input. So there's still a relationship there. But this was one of those situations where I'm trying to get to the personality of the target customer. Again, not to eliminate people who don't like to run or exercise. I mean, duh. You know, I'm a 300-pound guy with a heart problem. I am not the fitness model for marketing. However, I still own my home. I still have remodeling efforts. So In this particular case, they resonated with a certain personality Mm -hmm. type, and I could never get them to admit that, and therefore I could never get a marketing campaign that was optimized for that type of person. Yeah, uh, it it happens all the time, and I was just going to be on because that's really a boring story, Ed. Get it? (sighs) Boring. Oh, my goodness. Must be break time. It's low-hanging fruit. So it's almost a given that once I use the term, because that's almost the first question that when we've we've got our client, we sit down like, okay, tell me, who is your ideal customer, right? I mean, virtually everybody says, well, everyone. I mean, they got money, they're my ideal customer. That's that's just not the deal. And in fact, we talk about this, and and I know uh, we're going to kind of, dive into this a little bit more, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of touch on this story. Um, Shelly, one of her business coaches, actually has a desk in her office for her ideal client. And she's got a name for her. She's got her hobbies. She's got um, what she spends her discretionary, her discretionary income on. She, when she has a question in her mind, she turns to this empty desk in her office and says, Karen, I'm thinking of going this way or this way with this particular market, you know, uh, post. What, what do you, what are you thinking? And just that mindset will, will give her the answer, which I think is fascinating, right? So, yeah, to answer your question, outstanding. Well, Every, everybody said that. Well, yeah. question to ponder before we take a break: Do some small business people fear defining a target audience because they truly think the idea is to exclude people, or? Do they fear their business might be typecast? Hold that thought. Now is a good time to mention our episode sponsor, F1 for Help. Founded in 2000, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair and maintenance for almost 20 years. At F1 for Help, we offer a variety of services in-house and on-site, ranging from estimates to our popular general maintenance program and reloading your operating system as a part of a wipe and reload. If you want to take the cost out of IT, we recommend signing up for the F1 for Help Manages Services. 
If you have any questions, please give F1 for help a call at 208-687-0183. F1 for help. We clean windows, but we aren't janitors. Welcome back. Before the break, I asked Phil if small businesses are afraid of excluding people or getting their business labeled as applicable for only certain people. Phil, what'd you come up with? Well, okay. So nobody wants to feel like they're one-dimensional, right? Uh, it really must be stated here. So we're making this very clear. We are not saying you only sell to your ideal customer, but that should be your ultimate target. It's the ripple effect. If you have that target, you aim for that target, there's going to be the, the uh, surrounding ripple of that target that you're still going to touch. You will still get business, but your ideal client needs, it's, it's massively important. They need to be the focus of any effort that you're putting out there because they are going to be your raving fan, right? Outstanding. Yes, exactly. So let's discuss ways for our listener to create their target audience profile. This is often also referred to as a target client persona. I will admit up front that this process is easier for someone who's been in business for a while, but this works just as well for business startups. It's just a little different in the picking personality part. You'll, you'll see what I mean in a moment. So, Phil, let's create a target persona for a fictitious business that provides, oh, I don't know, computer consulting and repair services. Okay. Uh, what type of customers have you helped in the past, Phil? I'm going to pretend you're the proprietor. Okay, okay. I was a little confused there. Yeah, okay. So, so tell so, me about them. What what did they do for fun? How old were they? Are they male? Are they female? Share anything you can about the people you've helped. Okay. So generally, I'm going to have to put my, myself in their shoes, right? Okay. So um, my customer market usually includes non-tech savvy residents of the local area right here because um, I, I can't really service people outside maybe a 15 mile radius. They're not going to come to bring their computer here. Um, let's go with generally between the ages of 30 and 70 uh, with at least one home computer. Um, we are not expecting too much income from users below 30 who tend to be more comfortable with that technology, right? And willing to maybe attempt that stuff on their own. Um, so my customer generally, they own a computer, they play games, they write letters, they scan and maybe print photos, occasionally do some bookkeeping or taxes, things like that. Those home PC users are kind of my, my go-to customer. Okay. So now that we have that profile, next we need to imprint this profile in our minds. And and you kind of touched on it with um, how the coach for Shelly does it. What was her name? Sandy? Yeah. Yeah, Sandy. You yeah, might... Sandy Martini. The Martini way. Yeah. yeah the Mar- Sandy Martini. <laughs> the, well, I could see some marketing with that. Yeah. Oh, she and she does it too. She's really good. Yeah. Very it's a, good. It's a one martini lunch. No, wait, wait, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a real belly laugh. Okay, so <laughs> why am I? Why am I? I want a martini right now. That's right. So, so okay, the <laughs> Thanks. idea that Phil Thanks, and I Andy. are talking about here by creating an image of your target customer, we're able to um, uh, make a shortcut 
to identify and internalize with that particular individual. Now, I'm going to insert here that for Zenith Exhibits, when I started my company in 2007, I did this. I, I had four target customers. I had a picture of the individual. I had a biography about the people. I had things mm. that they liked to do for fun, things that was a yep. turnoff. I even put down things that they didn't like. And then, so, so those, those are the people you didn't sell to then, right? No, no. I, I made sure to not use language that would upset them. Um, right. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big researcher on the Jung personality test. Um, there, there's a few different names for that particular personality. But there's 16 basic 16, uh, personality types. And I identified four that were in my target customer. And with each one of those personality types, there's a nemesis. So in my case, now I'm not, a, I'm not suggesting this for the listeners, but in my case, I really did want to exclude some people because they were crummy well, people. I didn't want to do business well, with them. So I, yeah. I crafted my language in my sales presentation to resonate with the people that I wanted to do business with and excluded the people that I didn't want to do business with. And that, that's so kind that of scary. Would be- no, it'd be screen, it'd be kind of almost self-screening, right? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in my business, yeah. there's 75 million opportunities. That's all of the small businesses in America. And I just did mm-hmm. the math. I happen to be good at math. So out of the 74 million business opportunities, I really can only work with about three or 400 a year. So I didn't need to try to resonate with everybody. What I needed to do was optimize the conversion for the right people. And in right. my business, 14 years in business as Zenith exhibits, when the phone rings, there's somebody that I like. So, okay, now we've got a profile in mind. And in order to create that Sandy Martini desk that uh, Shelly has in her office, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, we next have to visit Google Images and type in some characteristics of our target customer and review the photos that pop up. Find one that resonates with you and gives a visual representation of the profile you just created. Note, this is not an exact science. This is a gut reaction. You know, right. we, we, we want to say that this is bad, trying to you know, judge a book by its cover. We're wow. in marketing. And, and yeah. in marketing, sometimes we, we have to get past that political correctness. In fact, a lot of times when we're building our profile, we have to get past the political correctness if we don't identify the by the truths of our feelings then we miss the marketing opportunity by the way yes right i was gonna say i did i didn't mean that this is one of the problems of recording separate rooms yeah <laughs> but uh i was gonna say you know and many times in business and we did an actual episode on making decisions right right and many times you do have to go with your gut so i mean if you trust your gut enough then that's what you should be doing. And in this exercise, you will know what you resonate with and go with that. That's, that's probably exactly your ideal picture for that description of your ideal client, right? And in this exercise, what we're doing is we are just creating a mood setting tool. And I'll explain more of that in just a moment here. But honestly, this is the part where business startups will struggle the most since they don't have a history of customers to draw from. In this case, we'll use my alternate method. Pick a profile of someone we believe we would be best friends with. Someone you could see yourself golfing with, going to lunch with, etc. This could actually be a real friend. Just 
be sure to change the name and never tell them what you did. But we are trying to use human-to-human connections to actually create this client persona. Otherwise, what we run into is we don't internalize it, we don't believe it, and we'll never adopt it. And authenticity in target customer acquisition is absolutely essential. Because here's the deal. At the end of this process, and let's assume that we create a great profile. Uh, I'm going to tell you how to lay that out here in just a moment. But we've got a great profile. We create all of our marketing on that profile. And we go to the street with that marketing, and it works. And then they come to our business and come to find out, I don't really like that kind of person. (laughs) You know, you know this, uh, and I'm going to use me as an example. So again, I'm a 300-pound man who loves to eat. I, I'm not the model of health. Don't take advice on vitamins from me. What you want to do is you want to take advice on barbecue. You know, you when you want when you want to know a good place to eat, you call Ed. Hey, Ed, I'm in such and such a town. Where should I go to eat? I know it. I've got that restaurant down. But don't call me. Just ask me, right? Yeah, don't call me about how to prepare for running the Boston Marathon. Um, just, although, as an aside, I am putting on a marathon. It's the .1K marathon. Uh, I've, oh, I've secured a sponsor. That's awesome. Yeah, Krispy Kreme is going to be our sponsor. Nice. But, but as an aside, we want to put together a profile either with people we're already working with and we know that we work well with, they're a, they're a great customer, or if we're not in business long enough, put together a profile based on real-life experiences. So, Can I just uh, throw something in real quick sure, before sure. you move on? Go ahead. Uh, so, and this really doesn't have anything to do with uh, ideal client, uh, but this really sparked a story. We talked about um, my cousin Joe, who had the valet company. That's how he he did his initial hiring was people he thought he would like to have a beer with. Now, at some point, you know, he got to be 25 and 30 and he was still hiring 18 to 21 year olds. So that kind of maybe went out the window a little bit, but his whole idea was hire someone that I want to sit down and hang out with. Right. Yeah. And so, and you, and what, that's exactly what you're saying. Pick a profile of someone you would want to be a good friend with. Right. And that's probably a good start. Yeah, I because, mean, again, you're going to have more and things in common. You're going to resonate better with the person who's on the other end of the phone. Now, the where's and the why-for's of how you create language to match the profile, we obviously cannot cover that in this podcast. But, but no, go with me for just enough. a moment. So now we've got a photo. We've got a written description of our target customer. In your, your case, you know, so someone who's not tech savvy, uh, they're in your local area, 15 mile radius, generally between the ages mm-hmm. of 30 and 70, yada, yada, yada. So yep. we've got all of this information. Now, Phil, with this new data, what could you do as a social marketing expert to help attract new customers? Well, I'll tell you what, having uh, this super defined ideal customer now, right, makes it really easy. I can actually target every single one of these demographic points, uh, the age, what their hobbies are. I didn't really get into the hobbies, but you know, that's something you'll want to do. Um, you can do hobbies. You can do, uh, gender. I, I even do There's, things like where would they vacation? 
You know, what, right. what kind of car would they prefer to drive? Uh, you can almost not go too far on this. It, I, I, and this is again, where businesses get really stuck on it. Like you're basically describing one person to sell to true. But when there's one, there are going to be many like that. And when there are many like that, there'll be more outside of that. It's just that ripple effect. So you have to get to that one person because that's, that's how you're going to, uh, converse. That's how, that's what your, uh, verbiage is going to be aimed for is that aimed to is that person. Exactly. You know, now, you know, Phil's in the social realm. I'm in the, in the print and face to face and web realm. So, you know, for me having a profile like that, now I can say, okay, we don't want to do this particular type of trade show because you know, that one's geared towards people who are out of town. They're very tech savvy. We want to go to probably the home and garden show. We want to go someplace where people come to look for experts already. Um, it it would dictate what magazines I would suggest that they advertise. Right. It would go to exactly. the actual content of the magazine, what photos we would use. People like to see imaging and messaging that is consistent with their particular personality. Uh, same thing if, if I want to use radio advertising. What radio station am I going to put them on? I'm not going to put this person on that hip punk rock radio station that's just not what they listen to i'm going to find the one that plays karen carpenter and news talk radio that's where i'm going to suggest that they oh my goodness did you just yawn i couldn't see uh, what i saw was this big silhouette blob in the window so yeah right so i was gonna so so real quick on to that point um and i've i've brought up gary vanderchuk as somebody i i'm listen to and and soak in his information all the time what he did with his dad's liquor store way back in the day you know people will will uh come up with a flyer right direct mailing right. they'll send a flyer out to you know 45 50 000 more or more homes well he had some flyers that he actually broke it down it was a higher cost i think we mentioned this in an episode it was a higher cost or a flyer, but he knew homes in this one zip code were they had money. So he didn't want to send them flyers that said best deal on Yellowtail. They'll go, okay, great. We don't drink Yellowtail. <laughs> They're saying, here's Opus One. Here's, you know, Screaming Eagle, things like that. Not Mad Dog. Uh, because not Mad Dog. No, Mad Dog 2020 and stuff, that would go to another zip Different code, right? They, right? That's right. They sold both. But they would, you got to know your client, right? That's right. That's so right. you're not going to want, you're not going to want to send something to a client that can't afford that service or a product. Um, and so you just want to know this stuff going into it. And that's a broader thing than what we're talking about. But it all comes down to knowing who your client is, what they do, and, you know, where they live, right? So Okay, so now we understand the why and the what. Now, how do you format it for people like Phil and I? so that we can use it to your benefit. So we've got the photo, we've got the profile, we've got basic information about their likes and dislikes, hobbies, etc. It It's quite simple. You open up Microsoft Word, you drag that photo in, you put a name. We're going to call this um, uh, Sally Beth. That That's the name of our profile. I, I just named your profile, Sally Beth. And it's a picture, of, pic, picture of a woman. Um, and, and we're going to type... So. 
We're going to type in all of the information that you've given. We're going to put it on a one-page document. And then we're going to print that document, and we're going to pin it to our wall right by our desk. So that way, whenever we're going to do anything, we look at Sally Beth and her photo, and we've got a, a quick skim over the items that are, in our mind, Sally Beth. And then we sit down and we write that email to our customer. And what's going to happen subliminally, without any coaching on writing, without any uh, advanced college degree on English literature or storytelling mm-hmm. or scripting, we are subliminally going to change our words based on our own experience to resonate with all of the Sally Beths in the world. And then we take that document and we send a copy over to our marketing guys, our web developers, our graphic designers, our social media experts. We give them a roadmap to who Sally Beth is. Once we've got Sally Beth in the, in the can, so to speak, using marketing speak, then we go on and we create the next target client persona. And, and this is where I, I can never get to this part with my clients because all they hear are, well, not all of my clients, but the ones who struggle with, I do business yeah. with everybody. But we can't right. get to the next one because they, they can't finish the first one. The reality right. is to do business with everyone, just like you highlighted with uh, Gary Vanderchuk's flyer, we don't yeah. want to send the same message to everybody. We want to have pieces that are custom tailored. So the conclusion here is defining your target audience does not mean eliminating potential customers. Identifying your target audience means you create better content that resonates with the type of people you already know need your product and service. Better content means higher sales and more potential for referrals to new business. Make the process fun. Find a photo that represents your envisioned target customer and provide that image along with the client profile for your marketing people to see. Keep everyone, contractors and internal marketers, on the same sheet of music. And with that, Phil, do you got a quote of the day? Yes, but I want to just touch on one thing. Oh, man. And then I go to the quote. Go right ahead. I was going to say, by the way, when you're always looking at your ideal customer on the wall, you will find you start having an actual relationship with that person. This, this is a fabricated person, remember? Right. You will actually start having a relationship. You will start adding some attributes to that person. Oh, you will start right. defining it. Yeah, you'll start defining them even more because you have a relationship with them. It sounds so odd, but it's so true. And then one day, that person will walk into your computer repair shop or whatever your business is. And they will say, hi, I saw your da da da. And you will already know that person and they will be blown away because you have this rapport going at the very beginning because of this work you put in. That's right. You know, I, I have one, her name is, her name is Denise Smith. That was the first client persona that persona that I created. I'd I'd pull it out and show you the document. I've got my marketing binder right down here, but we're a podcast. There's no video, (laughs) but I found out that Denise doesn't put the toilet seat lid down. I was shocked. I was totally shocked. I was blown away. I, I, I contemplated dumping her as a client. (laughs) I don't think that's true at all. I'm going to leave it with this because, you know, this quote is perfect for right now. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% 
how you take it. Irving Berlin. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Give F1 for help a call at 208-687-0183 or visit them on the web at www.f1forhelp.net. Thank you for listening to The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.